Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. With the, with the uh, king of all media here, John Gutierrez. Hey, everybody. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having us, OC Talk Radio. We have an exciting show today at our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, the Senior Vice President here at the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And we have an exciting uh, show for you today, some great information, a powerhouse of an organization, uh, managed solution. We have the founder and CEO, Mr. Sean Farrell. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. You and I were talking as you arrived here, and of course, we're at the UCI Technology Center, and um, it was it was just really exciting to hear your story of how you started your organization, your business, your company. And I say organization because you're also doing a lot of great philanthropy work in the community. And we'll get into all of that, and obviously all the great technology that you guys are doing in, as far as the community, the businesses. But... Here on the show, we like to always get to know you first as a person. Can you share with us a little bit about you, where you grew up, your hobbies, family? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm kind of a California boy, but I, I will go back you know, a little bit further than that. So my parents actually came over or up from Panama, Central America. God, like, uh, well, I'm... I'm getting older, so we'll just say a long time ago. They were married in Panama, you know, spoke Spanish, moved to the States, I think, back in the 60s. And then ultimately, you know, they my, they moved to Riverside, California. So they had me and, you know, my mom went to school there at UCR. So it's close to home here with UCI being where we're at today. And nice. ultimately... My dad and her dated for a lot of years. He came in from Reno, Nevada, come to see her. And then to make that story real short, they got married. They had me as their first child. I have a brother, two boys who I adore and who I spend all types of time with coaching, all the different sports, and um, and a beautiful wife that I've been married to for, God, going on 16 years. So ultimately, moved to San Diego, went to the University of San Diego Wait, down there. let's slow down. Oh. Happy wife, happy life. Happy, so, 100%. So 16 years, that's... That's impressive. I mean, I'm at 18, so that's that's impressive. It takes special people to put up with us, right? Yes. So shout out to your wife. And she is the CEO at home, that is for sure. Eso, eso. She, as Latinos, we like to say, she wears the pants, right? She, she 100% does, <laughs> yes. And you have two kids, you said? I'm sorry. Two boys. Okay. Um, two amazing kids, 13 going on, 13 actually in two days, and then an 11-year-old. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you said, so you guys are in San Diego. We live in San Diego, um, North County, if you will. And so we've been there, God, 20 years ago or so when I was in college. Now, have you been to Chargers games? or anything like that i mean they're they're having a good season yes they are quarterback we, he's a really good quarterback i like that young we guy do love josh we wish they were still in san diego but hey we're just happy they're winning well they'll always be considered san diego i think yes. right i mean that's i grew up watching junior sale and he was one of my huge you know just in football i loved and of course drew Brees when he was there back in the day so for me they're always going to be san diego chargers but right now we have Padres to root for. That's right. Yeah. I got to be careful because I don't want all the Dodger oh, yeah, I know. people I listening know. to us to start clicking off, 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 off. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So you, you're in San Diego, but you grew up in Riverside originally for some years. And uh, where did you go after high school? Where did you end up moving to, going to college, or whereabouts did you move to from there? Yeah, yeah. So went to, um, you know, kind of in the heart of Riverside, actually a little town, Rubidoux. You know, kind of a rough area, but anyway, loved it. Learned a lot of life skills, if you will. And then 
I got a scholarship to go to University of San Diego for business and then actually to play some sports down there. And so I did. And Wait, um, wait, wait. You played... What did you play? Tell us. I played baseball. Nice. Uh, that was a passion of mine. Really? My grandfather in Panama, Lloyd, he was a professional baseball player in the Panamanian You have that world. gene already in you. I love the game. And, and I still what position do. did you play? Uh, center field and okay. sometimes mid, you know, short, second base. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So did you have that dream that maybe someday you play at that other level? Or was it just, I'm doing this for fun? I always wanted to keep it fun. And I remind myself all the time, like for my kids, you know, it's all about whatever it is they do, the enjoyment of the sport, just having fun doing it. So I, I felt the same way. I look back and I said, God, I just always had fun with everything I did. Soccer, baseball, you know, the golf. I liked a lot of different sports and sometimes too much. I took on too many things, yes. but, um, but baseball I, seemed to work out for me. I always tell people, it seems like sports is a great place for us to learn leadership skills, teamwork, right? Like every sport kind of does that. I mean, I played football growing up and I felt that it really helped me. Do you feel baseball made an impact in your life in, in some of those ways? 100%. We operate like a sports team to some extent. You know, I'm kind of the coach, I always say, on the sidelines or yeah. in the dugout. And every player's different. Everybody needs to be motivated a different way. Everybody has different skills. And it's just parlays into business. What you see in sports is just understanding the things that people do really well and the things that people can improve on and taking that and you know helping them get better, but encouraging them to get better throughout the process. I love that you bring that up because obviously being here at the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, we have a lot of businesses that are part of our organization, our network. Everybody's always listening to great leaders, community leaders, business leaders. You know, what makes you successful? What What do you feel has made you successful? I mean, managed solutions, I mean, 20 years in the business, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I would say at the core of it all, and I don't want to use the word culture because I think that's kind of played out a little bit, but, you know, we are a community. I mean, we, and even more so, I mean, you talk about the word family. We are truly a family. I don't have any family members in the company, but I will tell you that, you know, when you think about your children at home and, you know, they make mistakes and you you get upset with them and you, you course correct, but those kids, they know that, you know, they're going to make mistakes and they're not going to get in trouble and dad and mom are going to be there to support them. I run it the same way in the business. I want people to make mistakes. I want people to know that we're going to be there as leaders for them. I want them to know I'm just their peer, but we're all learning together. Like that to me at the core is what creates the great community we have. Now, share with us a little bit about Manage Solution. What is it? How did it get started? What inspired you to start it? Can you share that story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So it is organically grown. What I mean by that is, you know, I've never taken a dime from anybody. You know, it started about, you know, it's going on 20 years or so. It was encouragement. I graduated from USD. I didn't have really another job that I, you know, I got recruited to do different things. But I love tech and I loved people who were technical. I loved the human being who could solve problems technically. So I had some encouragement from friends who were in the technical field who said, go out and start something technical. So to, you know, shorten the story back then, you know, I literally was in my dorm room. I started printing business cards on the printer back then. I can't even remember. I was trying to figure out logos as a gears, like in a car. Nice. And I walked the streets. I really did. It was, you know, the traditional vacuum. Careful how we say that. I walked the streets. Yeah, I know. Well, (laughs) but I did. I got kicked out of a lot of places. But it shows that you were driven, right? Yes. Um, Because many people said no to you, obviously, right? Lots of no's. And you just kept going. Absolutely. And, you know, you could do all that on your own. I mean, you could figure out how to connect with people who potentially would, you know, want something from you on the buying side. You could figure out how to, you know, get that off the ground. But then it became now I got to hire people and employees and figure out what we talk about baseball, figure out what we all do well, what positions we play well. And that was 
where the business started to become more complex. So, you know, you fast forward 10 years into the business. So we started doing two things. We opened up a national help desk. So, you know, very technical. People can call us any time of day or night, 24 hours a day, and we will take their technical calls. Laptop, desktop, cell phone, iPhone, don't really care. We get calls from parents at home these days who their kid's iPad doesn't work, and we handle it. And then Microsoft in that, you know, we'll say in the last 10 years, knocked on our door and said, hey, you're in a lot of our big accounts around the country, you know, talking to them about our technology and what it brings to our business. So we want to work with you. We want to essentially, you know, you become a managed partner of ours and we want you to help us implement our solutions. So I always tell people we can either help you with that strategy, where we're going to go with the technology, how to build it right, how to build it for you know, the success in the future, and we can also support what it is you need. So it's it's kind of two companies in one. That's interesting you say it because I always joke at the chamber with members here and friends of mine. They call me Johnny on the spot. And that's kind of what managed solution is, right? Like Johnny on the spot. Like you resolve and help so many people in so many different ways. Yeah. And that's great that you build a business that's meeting all these challenges. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges you face as a business? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll use the term the sprawl in technology. I mean, goodness, we all know like everything we use, whether it's Excel or, you know, an email application or anything we use or just the fact that we have 10 devices each these days. There's so much that people have at their fingertips and so much that they need at any given time. The biggest challenges we face are getting to all those things like answering the phone right away when they call or, you know, leaving that phone call with, and we even have a program called Smileback. We literally want to know that people are smiling on the other end of that computer. So that's how they get worked. And that is, yeah. you know, in our new world, that's that computer, that technology is what drives them, frankly, in the business. And in some cases, that's what we use in our personal lives, too. So how can I enable that experience to be better and better? That's the ticket. You and I were talking as we were taking a tour here earlier. And by the way, talk about being early to a meeting. That is awesome. That, that shows that... It's all business, right? We were talking, and um, one of the interesting things we talked about is that you work with a lot of different industries. And, of course, I'm in the healthcare background industry. You work with a lot of healthcare companies and how there's a lot of softwares, right, in different industries that you're involved with. What are you seeing as far as technology that has changed or become the front and center in our lives? Is it, is it healthy for us? Is it not? Uh, what would you say? Yeah, I think it's, you know, that's twofold. And, you know, we could, you know, you talk about healthcare and, you know, being able to do things, you know, more automated or, you know, getting to information on people. I mean, today you're seeing a lot of healthcare organizations, you know, doctors and nurses who are receiving the 23andMe's and all the predictive healthcare stuff to be able to help better treat their patients. So there's a lot of good coming out of technology that we support and we help implement. And there's a lot of, you know, frankly, not good um, stuff that, you know, we have to watch out for. You watch our kids and how they're, being pulled into whether it be the video games or the the channels online and there is a a science going on out there talking about you know your brain being sort of changed and manipulated and and i see it in kids so i think there's technology for good and it has great social impact that can be well used and i see technology also becoming something that we have to watch out for and protect our children against and then that goes into the whole how secure are we doing these things cybersecurity, but more so is technology pointing itself in the right direction through these you know, these metaverses that we're talking about out there, if everybody's seeing them online, you know, where we have these identities that are virtual, is that good? I, I don't know just yet. I, I also want to tell people it's not something that we shouldn't be open to and be looking at and not, you know, not saying no to it, but just trying to understand the good and the bad in it. Well, it's kind of like in healthcare, right? I always say to people, when you're going to see a doctor, doctor works his way backwards, right? He's looking at, okay, you don't have this, you don't have that, you know, he doesn't go in and say, oh, you, 
you automatically have this. No, he's he's checking first high blood pressure, fever, things like that. And in technology, it seems like you're looking at all those components, right? You're looking at what fits best, what works best, what are the challenges and needs. Share with me a little bit about how will technology enhance or replace the human value in our businesses? It's a scary topic because it goes, I think, big picture into what's happening in the world around us, you know, with inflation and you know, costs of living and just frankly, the cost of us as human beings to employ these days, you know, we all have to make more to support more in our personal lives and our dollar goes less far. So when I look at businesses today and what they're trying to do is, you know, in some cases they are trying to automate processes. They're trying to eliminate some of the human side of how things are done. And again, back to the good and the bad, some of it is really good. Um, You know, can we automate how health records and, and patients traverse the healthcare system, that's probably a good thing that'll help save lives at the end of the day. And at the same time, it is scary because, you know, it does eliminate some of the, the employment that's out there. And and we have to figure out that balance. And, I, and it makes me nervous here in the immediate future as we see, you know, employee costs on the rise, costs of commodities on the rise. You know, we have to figure out how to contend with that. Yeah, I know one of the the big points right now that everybody's talking about, of course, is you know the, the recession, right, and um, cutting cost. Should automation replace what we do? Is kind of the question out there, right? What what would you say to that? I'm a perfect example of something where people might say at one point or another, well, the computer is going to update itself, and the computer is going to be able to, you know, you're going to get an application from the quote unquote cloud, and so where does the human come into play? But I got to tell you, as many tools as we put in place to you know, they call it bots, let's say, you know, you could, you could IM us real quick or send in this thing, my password's not working and this bot will come back and say, well, here's your new password and change it. I got to tell you, people still want to talk to the person on the other end and maybe talk about how they're feeling, the emotional experience, how when the computer doesn't work, how this is, you know, just really roughing up their day for them and impacting their life. So I think those are areas where the human, you know, spirit doesn't go away. I think in other areas, you know, we are trying to figure out ways to automate manufacturing of of cars, of, you know, different products out there. Restaurants, you know, the cost of food has went up, as as we all know. So people are trying to figure out how to automate processes in kitchens, which sounds, you know, counterintuitive to, you know, wanting fresh food from the right people. But yes, I think we're going to see a a mix of the two. I'm smiling because you mentioned the cost of food. And I was just at the grocery store the other day. And I go there probably two or three times a week. They already know me. And I usually go through the actual regular checks then and they, hey, John, how are you? And, you know, like you said, the interaction and they know my wife and how's your wife? And so the other day, huge line. Obviously, a lot of businesses are shorter staff right now. As you talked about earlier, staff is a big issue. But I went through the the fast lane, the, the machine, right, where you check out yourself. And I was frustrated because my bill was probably like $30, $40 more than it used to be. I could see that normally my grocery bill is like 120 and it was like 160 And the lady saw me kind of frustrated and kind of angry. And she's like, what's wrong, John? And I said, yeah, my bill's like $40 more. And yet I'm still bagging my own bags and like bagging my own stuff. And I'm checking out my own stuff. You know, so it's kind of like one of those costs is going up, but we're losing. The service the, the is heat. going down. Exactly. Yeah. So you made, made a great point about that. And who knows, maybe these machines will eventually have like a smiley face, like you said, to your point earlier of your software where they're like welcoming you and there's a smiley face because we are losing that right the the connection to human life yep yep 100 percent. i mean a fun story is everybody's talking about this augmented or virtual reality stuff but 
you know, we actually saw, and I won't go into the big company we all know, and we order a lot of products from online, but we saw a person at <laughs> That home. little company? Yeah, it's a little, little company um, that has overnight delivery. But we saw a person at home sitting there with these gloves, these virtual reality gloves, and we saw on the other side of the screen a supermarket where that person with a robot at the supermarket was stocking shelves with beverages. And it was incredible to think that, you know, we could do it remotely. So maybe there's a parallel there where things work out and we still have the human doing some of that task, but they don't have to necessarily be at the store to do it anymore. And a robot can roll down the aisle with the Cheez-Its and the Triscuits and get it all up there on the shelf. I don't know, but I think we have to look at that and see how it plays into our world. That's interesting you bring that up. We had one of our first members on the here at our podcast, our good friends, Leon Teresa. Paul remembers them well because they brought food in, empanadas and everything. We We had a blast eating, which I think... Feli here, by the way. Feli, thanks for being here. Thanks for connecting us all. He mentioned going to Villa Roma after this to go eat lunch. And one of the things they tried out at the restaurant when the pandemic ended, I saw they had one of these robots in there that would bring you the food from the kitchen. And so I guess there's a whole schematic that the robot learns from the restaurant and knows what table to go to. And then it just pulls up and you take your plate off of it. And one of the reasons why they did this was because a lot of restaurants are short on staff right Absolutely. now, right? I did video of it and everything. Me and my wife were laughing, having a good time. My kids loved it. But it was very intriguing to see a robot bringing your food, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing that. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect example of the restaurant communities where service is hard to find. You know, there, there's, there's more jobs available to the traditional, let's say, restaurant worker than they ever had. I mean, you can go now be an Amazon driver or a FedEx driver and make those similar you know, wages to do those kind of things. So I think all industries that once relied on just the human from a service perspective are having even a harder time, not just because of the pay, but just because of the new world of job opportunities that are out there. So again, I think we need the human at the end of the day. But at the same time, um, you know, it, the world is changing very quickly in front of us. Paul's giving me that look. He gives me that five, ten minute look. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but I want to go into... You all got involved with our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, yeah. and we really appreciate you guys becoming a, a member of ours, a partner of ours. Um, and you all were at the golf tournament, which, of course, raises money for our youth uh, foundation, which is for our scholarships, for our youth chamber. Um, and we just want to say thank you. We really appreciate you guys being one of our sponsors, one of our supporters. I know Feli here was, you guys had a good time, right, Feli? <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what you all are doing in the community philanthropy-wise, because I know you're involved in some programs where you're providing either software, technology. Share a little bit about that with us, please. Yeah, and and what we're looking for is people. Outside of our own people, people to just help serve other people, frankly. You know, one of the missions of Managed Solution was, yes, we're, we're good at the tech, we can help companies, but we started actually getting approached by, you name it, um, hospice companies, foster youth companies, um, younger kids who don't have computer companies who are all nonprofit based. And so over the last, you know, 15 years, you know, every year we give away hundreds of computers to foster youth who are going off to college and our help desk supports those kids. And awesome. the idea there is not only do we want to give back to the kids, you know, with some form of technology, but what I found as a company is that we create a platform where people from the outside, husbands, wives, kids can all come in and really help with these things. So what we're looking for at times is you know, we have big events coming up. We have one with a company in San Diego called Computers to Kids San Diego, and we have plenty of computers to give away, but we need people to help give those things out and get things registered and make sure we know who got them. Um, so anytime you're interested in giving back and, you know, look us up, look at the events we're doing, and we're here to, you know, kind of combine efforts to get things out to people. 
that sounds fun giving away computers it is right fun. like the smile you must get from from kids or parents or families that's just so rewarding i would imagine right yeah and you you'd be surprised how many people don't have that technology at their fingertips who by the way more than ever need it whether it's for school or for some other activity and at the end of the day you're 100% right it's you know what we hope at the end of it all is that maybe one of our employees or one of our people who come to help connect with that organization and keep going with them in the future and we've seen that where they've joined boards and they've been involved with helping different you know communities that's what we're looking for well and i know we only have a few minutes left but when you provide somebody that laptop or that technology, it allows them to now hopefully stay home, right? Or be with their family, which again, that provides that human touch, the quality of, of having your loved ones around, as opposed to them having to go somewhere else, right? Or having it, and not only that, walking home late from, let's say, a library or another center, right? So you're impacting the family in many different ways. And for that, we thank you guys. Yeah. We really appreciate you do that for the community. I know with, with Feli over here, we talked about you guys getting involved with our youth chambers so we're excited about uh our chair our former chairman of our board john amador and, and feli had met already and talked about some ideas about working with our youth chamber uh because at the end of the day technology technology is the future of, of the world regardless and we need to have that in the in the hands of our our leaders which is our young leaders right yeah we just i mean to your point you know anybody and we mentor kids from different colleges you know people who are entrepreneurial people who just want to have that technology at their fingertips to better use it. I mean, some of the stuff we're giving out to children and they're using it for their parents to help them go out and search for jobs or search for great resumes. I mean, anything we could do to give back to the younger generation because they're the, they're the up-and-comers. And like we talked about earlier in the job market, we need them. There's a shortage out there of technologists, of other types, and we need these people more than ever, but they're going to need technology to be successful. Now, if anybody is listening to us, is there opportunities for jobs, internship, things like that? Yeah. We Should just we actually, share that? Yeah, we just started yesterday. We had a brand new intern. We were excited. Nice. And we have them coming in typically once a month, depending on their school schedules. Mentorships, you know, we mentor, like I said, entrepreneurial students love it. And then we are hiring like crazy. Really? So wow. that would be my biggest, if, we, if you're interested in the tech space, look us up because we have several jobs posted. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for being here. We really appreciate you coming thank out. Thank you. We know you're an extremely busy businessman, and, and uh, we really appreciate all your support. Folks, Sean Farrell, founder and CEO of Managed Solution, 20 years in the business, one of our new partners at our chamber, and Feli here, who we call Feli Tech, is that what we call him? Uh, put me in, coach. That's his new saying. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for supporting our chamber. We look forward to doing more in the community together. Folks, please follow us at OCHCC.com or go to our chamber Facebook page, Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, or our Instagram at OCHCC. Again, this is our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, the Senior Vice President here. I thank you for listening to us. And again, Thank you to Mr. Sean Farrell, founder and CEO of Managed Solutions. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Paul, take it away. Just want to remind you to meet our community each and every week. The Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 